Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar. It's an ancestrally inspired meal replacement bar with real clean ingredients. Zero carb, high fat, just meat. It's only made of beef, tallow, and salt. And for crazy carnivores who don't eat salt, you can also get them unsalted. It's shelf-stable and it's portable and convenient. These are great for long hikes, business trips, traveling, or just having an easy, ready option in your pantry. I have them at least once a week, and they're delicious. You can use CarnivoreCast, all one word, at CarnivoreBar.com to get a discount. They're the perfect combination of crunchy and creamy. And as they say on their website, well, we do not believe that honey is part of the true carnivore diet. We do support it as a wholesome food choice, especially for our animal-based and paleo dieters. I don't have an opinion on that, but uh, you can get a honey flavor too. (laughs) Check them out at CarnivoreBar.com and use code CarnivoreCast. Krishna Hanks is the co-owner of Square One Wellness, which provides low-carb and keto nutrition coaching and personalized fitness training to individuals, groups, and organizations. She has a master's degree in kinesiology, I can never say that word, from Indiana University, as well as an MBA, and is a coach practitioner from the Noakes Foundation. Krishna helps companies create comprehensive wellness initiatives, and she's a worksite wellness subject matter expert of the CDC's Work at Health program. She developed the City of Emeryville Wellness Program. Kristen is the best-selling author of Finding Lifestyle Sanity, a Survival Guide. Thank you very much. How nice. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. Um, well, thrilled to dig into all that, but I'd love to hear, um, you know, from your own words, your story, you know, what got you into learning about nutrition and fitness and eventually coaching. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, just like everyone, and you've had, by the way, some fabulous guests on your show. So I'm honored to be in this elite group. Uh, really <laughs> great. You're, work. you're well deserving yeah. of it. <laughs> um, so I would have to say my interest in terms of I'm a certified health coach, certified coach practitioner, as you just said, from the Noakes Foundation. That's their highest level in the low carb ketogenic. Um, uh, sector from them, from their services. Yeah. But my my wanting to coach and help people goes way back to, I would say, uh, growing up, my father was a basketball coach. Um, um, I had a very successful one in the state of Illinois at the high school and then at the collegiate level. And my brother was a very successful basketball coach. He's now uh, doing something completely different. On the international scale, he coached the um, national team of Venezuela, national team in the UK. So there's this coaching thing, I think, that um, has been behind me or I grew up watching and just feeling it's, you know, uh, being enamored how people can motivate people, find solutions for them, challenge them um, along the way. And so, therefore, I segued. Um, I had a long, long career as a professional dancer. I started dancing at 15 uh, professionally. 
And that lasted till age 43. And all along that way, I was involved in uh, teaching dance. And then I got certified in teaching yoga. I got certified in teaching Pilates. got certified in teaching the worksite wellness. So I feel like I, in the movement sphere, I grew up with that. Um, always doing one-on-one coaching and as well as in the work site, working with companies to try to get both individuals and just company a little bit healthier. And where I then dove into what I call the nutritional rabbit hole (laughs) um, is one on a personal level, but also through all of my work fitness-wise, whether it's dance, Pilates, yoga, is seeing the enormous struggle that people have, particularly with weight, particularly as they age, um, particularly also that they would be exercising enormous amounts, training for triathlons, for marathons, and just keep gaining weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And that also inspired me to say, I need to know more about this because people do ask you questions, whether you're their trainer or not, they want to know, what do you think of this? What do you Mm -hmm. think of that? So that is what I would call some of the background of where I am. Then on a personal level, towards the end of my professional dance career, so, you know, just starting 40s, going into mid 40s, I got really ill and ill in a different way of saying that I had severe joint inflammation, you know, looking like someone who had rheumatoid arthritis. I had difficulties doing simple things like sit to stand, stand to sit, standing in a museum for long periods of time and very painful, which felt like it was leading towards a path of chronic pain or something. So I spent two years in what I would call the medical hamster wheel of getting tested for this. Oh no, it's not rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, getting tested for gazillion types of autoimmune diseases, round and round we would go. Like, I felt like, you know, I had blood pricks, you know, that were never going to heal from being tested so much on different things. Nothing really came out of it, right? I was finally told, you know, you're just going to have to live with this. This is, you know, something you're going to have. You wanted to send me to a chronic pain management clinic. They wanted to send me, they thought I needed psychotherapy because maybe I was just depressed because uh, of my winding down my dance career. All of these, but my life was going really well. I had started a new job. I had this lovely new partner. Um, And then I sat to dinner with a friend of mine who was a physical therapist named Ted Willemsen, most spectacular physical therapist in the Netherlands, worked with all the professional dancers. And he said to me, have you ever thought about your diet? You know, I bristled, eyes wide. And I said, what do you mean? My diet is perfect. I've been vegetarian for 20 years. In a kind of typical Dutch fashion, he said, I'm just saying, right? It's something to think about. And after that dinner, I went home, thought about about it first thing the next morning I felt really bad about being such a kind of jerk I called him up and said I apologize (laughs) but I'm listening I'm listening to you um 
And thus began the rabbit hole journey down the nutrition hall. Um, I had been a really good, in my idea, vegetarian for 20 years. And so I slowly started what many vegetarians probably do, you know, adding a little broth. Right? Then I added maybe some eggs and living in the Netherlands at that time, added some fish. So, you know, bit by bit bringing it back in. Didn't sort of jump into a 16-ounce steak right away, uh, let's say. Um, and I started getting better. Yeah. Um, and again, it was not an overnight thing. Uh, however, there were substantial within weeks and then months improvements mm. till I finally just started feeling like my old self. And that (laughs) sort of was real eye-opener for me to say, well, you know, I wasn't gaining weight. I didn't have a weight issue, but I had some kind of full-blown inflammation, right, Um, that manifested itself in a lot of my joints, particularly my spine and hips. And that was my own personal journey. And then around, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what the date was. Um, It was just before we decided to immigrate back to the United States. My husband read this article, What If It's All Been a Big Fat Lie from Mm. Gary Taubes in the New York Times. Passed it on to me, of course. And I'm reading that and I'm thinking, wow. This just makes sense, right? You know, this whole idea of blood sugar and insulin and, you know, in my case, inflammation, right? Um, And the fact that maybe during all that time, again, those 20 years, I was really quite carb-centric. I don't know if you're, you know, the Netherlands is pretty much a bread culture. You know, you have bread with every meal. It's fabulous, by the way. Um, There's a lot of influence on other countries. So my, you know, meals have a lot of rice and pasta. And I think that addition, besides the stress on my body, maybe from my profession, maybe all those things, or just being too strict for too long, 20 years is a long time. Um, That just revelation of that article. Then, of course, Taos's book, Good Calories, Got, Bad Calories, came out. And thus, that just started the whole chain of events. We started reading everything we could, every piece of, you know, very fond of Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, also in the UK, Zoe Harkob, um, you know, that whole route. So that was a lot of information, but that, I think, kind of paints the picture of how I am where I am right now. Yeah, super interesting. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, And certainly a lot I can relate to myself and I'm sure the audience can too, being in the uh, medical hamster wheel. (laughs) I've been in a couple (laughs) times for different things. But um, yeah, that's that's fascinating. And um, while this was going on, like before you discovered low-carb and ketogenic diets, were you already doing like worksite wellness and some of the other nutrition coaching? 
Um, in the very beginning stages of worksite wellness, it was more putting the, the total package together, right? Making sure that, you know, the exercise component is there, the overall strategy, how are we going to implement this? Um, you know, uh, the other components, let's say the mindful, you know, mind body piece, mind and spirit, that piece. And nutrition, sadly, especially in the very beginning stages of worksite wellness, has been often sort of relegated to the medical world, right? Mm. Uh, the nutritionists, the dietitians, and sort of keeping that within the scope of the healthcare provider. But it's a great question. Um, I, I think now as we've evolved and we're seeing, and I certainly agree to this, um, and I don't say the low-carb ketogenic diet is for everyone. There is probably no one diet for everyone. However, there's a lot of people who can do very well on it. Um, and, and I think where we are now, particularly in a worksite wellness uh, position, is to say this is an option, right? This is an option uh, worthy to explore if yeah. that's something you want to. Right. Obviously, with people who have medical conditions or specific things, you're going to want to be co-managing that and working with your medical provider. Um, that goes without saying. Yeah. But I think now, especially due to podcasts like yours and various different people, you know, there's a good knowledge base out yeah. there. Um, and I hope as a health coach if anything, that I can at least offer knowledge and uh, my experience to others, that they don't have to become sick or go in the medical hamster wheel to explore nutrition as a healthful option towards vibrant health. Thanks to Bioptimizers for sponsoring the show. And I'm really excited to tell you guys about an excellent deal they're offering this November. This is the biggest blowout deal they will be offering all year. So if there's a time to stock up, it is now. What they're offering is over $200 worth of free gifts and a huge discount all month long on their Magnesium Breakthrough product. Their Magnesium Breakthrough is a full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress relief, better sleep, and mental health all in one bottle. They're offering all sorts of awesome free gifts and products worth over $200 with select purchases. All month long, they're offering 10% off using my unique code. And you can only get this exclusive deal through my link, special for you listeners. You won't find it on Amazon or even the Bioptimizers website. Go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash carnivore and use code carnivore to get your discount and free gifts today. Thanks so much and have a great day. I think that's a great philosophy. And it just reminded me of um, companies like Verta Health, which are now working with large employers um, and pitching it, from what I understand from the outside in, they're pitching it as a means to reduce healthcare costs for these large employers, um, which I think is really interesting. Yes, Verta Health, and actually in, in quite in the early stages of worksite wellness, that was the major focus. They hoped, right, with that to, you know, cut their expenses on that. Now, yeah. That's a tricky and a slippery slope in a way, right? Very hard to quantify X number of dollars uh, for worksite wellness programs. That said, 
it is wonderful that people are bringing to the workplace options for individuals. Yeah. And what I find interesting about the Virta Health model and many others, I believe, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Peter Cummings. He was uh, part of the NOAA's Foundation different programs within there. He has a company based in Buffalo, New York, and they have a model very similar to Verta, except they also have the fitness component with Mm. it, which is quite interesting. And working on basic movements of like squats, you know, being able to just be functionally mobile. Yeah. Right. And that model, which Verta uses, which is all encompassing, um, which also includes health coaching. Um, there was an article, I think maybe four or five years ago that in the New York Times, they said, everybody needs a health coach. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's hundred percent true, but I think we all need support mm-hmm. and there, you have to figure out kind of, I'm calling it these days, who's your wellness team, mm-hmm. right? We think about having a doctor, we think about having a dentist and, uh, you know, we'll, most women will admit they put their, you know, hairstylist <laughs> on a on a need to know list in that way. Yeah. I'll be a little facetious here, but do we think about the other people who are going to support our health, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's our body workers or you know someone schooled in nutrition, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a nutritionist or dietitian, uh, but people who have good knowledge base. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to think about who your team is uh, because we, we, we can't all do it alone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of having some form of support network, um, whether it's professional or community or otherwise, uh, it can make all the difference. And how, Krishna, did you end up working with the Noakes Foundation? Uh, well, Tim Noakes makes very funny. He made, at our graduation ceremony, he made a, um, a joke about that. He thinks I was one of his first Twitter followers. <laughs> We've been following each other that long. So uh, actually, the start began there. Mm-hmm. But knowing, uh, just following Professor Noakes' career, that, you know, the lawsuit, of course, um, but also the various individuals, and I just thought that their programs ha- have a lot to offer, right? They have the science, they have medical doctors working with diabetic patients and non-diabetic patients. Um, they have scientists, right? They have, you know, different, different sort of insights from various different coaching perspectives and to me at that time, it, it had the most high level and also looking at the most recent research, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also various other people who are prominent out there in the field, whether it's Robert Seiss, uh, uh, you know, name, names are coming in. Jason Fung that did a couple uh, sessions with them. Oh. Zoe Harkov also. So it, it seemed to me just a fulfilling, right? a lot of avenues of knowledge that I wanted to just increase on. Yes, that's fantastic. And um, what do you focus on mainly now? Like what what type of coaching do you provide and what do you enjoy doing the most? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, well, first, probably wouldn't be in this business if you didn't enjoy it. That, that That's something. Sure. Uh, and that's something I learned as a dancer, right? You better love it or, or you find something else to do. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I think the most rewarding is the fact of trying to empower people mm-hmm. that they can then be their own coach, right? That I feel if anything, so I work one-on-one and I work in groups and, and I, I see the value in both. There's a lot of individuals who really like group. They like that accountability. They like that interaction with each other. Mm-hmm. And that was something fascinating in the Noakes Foundation course. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Bitten Janssen. Yep. She is the sugar, I would call her the sugar addiction specialist. As a registered nurse, she must be one of the few just really totally specializing in that. Mm-hmm. And I know she works solely in groups. She finds that the group work when trying to change nutritional habits and particularly in her field of addiction, that there's a lot of support, right? You get that peer to peer, you see that you're not the only one struggling, that you can have that interaction. So I I do enjoy that. Um, And then there are the other group of people who much prefer one-on-one, whether it's they feel they have something that they don't want to share with everyone else or they just have, you know, like that privacy. They like yeah. that one-on-one attention and actually do better in that. So I, I think that that is the interesting part uh, yeah. of this. And I, I think what I hope uh, is, you know, I'm 65. And um, I'm pretty upfront about that. If you've seen my, my posts and things like that. Um, you don't look it. <laughs> Is well, thank you. Um, and uh, um, I feel pretty good, and I think that it's time that we made it more front and center. That just because you're a senior citizen, you do not have to be frail, you do not have to have, uh, you know lots of chronic things going on um, that you can try to find a nutritional path that will support you being independent and mobile as long as you want. And I'm super thankful that neither of my, my parents are alive, but my brother is four years older than I am, looks fantastic, has always lifted weights his whole life. And, you know, he's fine. You know, he's not as much in the rabbit hole on nutrition as I am, but he's found his way. Yeah. He's also been a great role model to, I'd say, you know what? We're going to get all, but we don't have to be frail. And I think through this nutritional path, I just see people able to do that. And the big, big thing that I think we maybe don't talk about enough in the low-carb and ketogenic um, community is the fact that you have control of hunger. Mm. So I remember when I was, you know, in the heart of my 20 years of vegetarian and in the heart of my, you know, professional dance career, I was hungry all the time. And I couldn't put it hungry. Like I could come out of rehearsal at the end of the day. And if I didn't find food immediately, you didn't even want to be around me, right? Kind of nasty uh, in that way. And this lifestyle, I think, really could show you you can be in charge in yeah. that way. 
that you're not on that blood sugar insulin roller coaster mm-hmm. of you you're up and then you're immediately down and you it's like you fell off the roller coaster you didn't even just get dropped down that that hangry feeling that it plays with your mental uh outlook yeah. and i i think there's a lot of that happening with many of us in my age group right we're not schooled enough to understand there are foods that can give you a lot of satiety. Um, and I feel right now a big piece of that is animal-based products. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, here on Carnivore Cast. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I still don't know exactly the, the, the whole amount of damage I did to myself during that period, right? There's still a few repercussions from that. But I I see right now, the you know, uh, so many adults, particularly in my age group, they're protein deficient, they're iron deficient, they have these mood swings. And I think this is, you know, it's never one thing when it comes to your health, yeah. but this is a big part of it, is not getting nutritional sources particularly in that protein and healthy fat categories. Yeah. And is that mostly the demographic you work with, people who are aging? Um, well, certainly I have my share of, you know, of older individuals in my age group. However, because of my dance background and because of being heavily involved in the Pilates community for um, a couple decades, I, um, they, a lot of people know me from there. So I've, I'm, I'm working in that uh, realm as well. And mm. that's also very um, fulfilling to me, having been a professional dancer. And let's just yeah. face it, professional dancers are not known necessarily for their really good nutritional habits. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty restrictive. You know, we have a lot of uh, issues when it comes to really detrimental things like binge eating and anorexia, of course. I, I, I luckily had extremely smart parents who helped me along that way, but there are other reasons why people go, uh, might have that occur. Yeah. But being able to work in that field, a professional artist of any kind, is, is also just kind of fun for me as well. Yeah, I, I can see the same um, if I had the chance to you know, coach and provide nutrition to, uh, rowers, which is my, my back. Yeah. That would be, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see the appeal there. And did you do crew all of you together or? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that always looks so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think I did it a little bit too long and my body is still punishing me for it, but, um, it was, a, it was a big transformative part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, I certainly went into performing arts field, but, you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, basketball was a big part of my life as well as a huge part of the town where I grew up in Quincy, mm-hmm. Illinois. Um, there, you know, sports and just being active, young, um, have a lot of benefits, right? You know, yeah. there, there's always with anything you do, the extreme that it cannot um, go so well, but uh, for those of us who did have some positive experiences, it's, it's something I'll always cherish. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Um, and can you talk about some of the results you've had or like some of the changes you've seen in your own clients when you uh, introduce more animal-based foods and, um, you know, 
to your point, get them out of protein deficiency, um, nutrient deficiency? Well, I think the first thing, uh, I can talk about a couple specific people, but in general, I think the first thing that people are surprised about is what we just talked about is that they're not hungry all yeah. the time. Right. Yeah. Um, that is generally the first uh, thing, whether male or female, we'll talk about. I, you know, I just skipped breakfast. I've never done that, but I skipped it because I just wasn't hungry. Yeah. I'm like, woohoo. Right. That's a win right Freedom. there. <laughs> Freedom. Exactly. Um, the next will be the, the next sort of benefit individuals talk about are energy levels in general. That they're, you know, uh, those that I work at, you know, I often work with top execs, have long days, long hours, but being, feeling that they are much more lucid and being Mm -hmm. able to focus, Mm -hmm. right, throughout the day and not hitting that 3 or 4 p.m. crash and then feeling that, you know, the only way to get through that is, you know, another extra cup of coffee or some kind of sugar intervention. Um, Those two. Um, and I, I think the third piece um, where, uh, where I start to see is people saying that their workouts are becoming stronger and more efficient, mm. right? Um, and even a workout for some people is that they just walk regularly, right? Um, and that they do, you know, maybe a few other additional things like, you know, a yoga class, Pilates class, or some other kind of group thing that they felt that they've, you know, really been able to go a hundred percent. And that all shows me that we've got better functionality of the body, right. In general, because my whole belief in this is that we are not just working on the nutritional aspect. We're getting good mental and physical health. Yeah. Um, um, sort of just an example of one person um, was an individual, um, a mature woman, not uh, at my age, who had previously done endurance horseback riding Hmm. and over the years um, had kind of continual some weight gain and a little more weight gain just kind of gradually crept on to the point where she felt that she was not riding on her horse very well Hmm. right that was feeling you know that that was hampering her from also being able to do the competitions that she really liked to do. Um, yeah. And so uh, she did one of our group programs and then subsequently did another group program. And then in between, you know, she had some space of time. Long story short, lost around close to 40 pounds. Wow. And uh, is now back up on a horse competing uh, in endurance fights. So even though I like to see, um, and I I quote Dr. C. Mahalter on this, he says, there is no healthy weight. There's just a healthy body. Mm. In this case, taking some weight off, doing some additional other things helped her find a healthy body. Yeah. Right. Where she felt comfortable 
participating in the sport that she loves to do. And that, that, that's ultimate success for me. Right? Yeah. Somebody gets to do what they really want to do. Yeah. It's life-changing. Yeah. Um, and when you were studying uh, with Noakes Foundation, was there a specific discussion of carnivore or animal-based diets? Um, a little bit. It was not, obviously, the, the thrux, you know, they're, they're, the premise is definitely low-carb. You know, I think they're calling it therapeutic, low-carb intervention these days, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, what's exciting for them, I think uh, they're going to be coming out with a textbook soon. Um, which is, I think a culmination of, of we, I was in the first group of, I think we were 10 to go to the level of the coach practitioner, you know, they have all these other courses. So that was the first one, the inaugural one last year. Um, but they have a lot of other avenues, you know, for the medical profession, for their doctors and that, um, but we did talk about it, right. Because people ask about it. Um, and, uh, even talked about it, there's a wonderful, um, nutritionist who works for their foundation, Tamson Murphy. Okay. Um, and she talked about it from sort of case um, studies that she had done with individuals that she had worked with. And, oh. you know, we, uh, as health coaches sort of approaches the carnivore, it, in many ways, we would see it almost as an elimination diet, right? Mm-hmm. You're yeah. you're just getting to the basics here, yeah. and you're taking away any potential influences, right? For you know, you I know we have to say that there's anecdotal evidence about it, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. Let's put it that way. And we know ourselves. I consider myself meat-centric these days, and I'm not solely uh, only you know the the meat kitchen eggs but pretty heavily um that it works extremely well for a lot of people with autoimmune diseases with you know digestive issues of very specific things so as a coach or as anyone who works with people you we 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 never tell people you do this we say here's some things that are working for individuals yeah. Right. Here's what you've been doing. Let's look at what you're doing and which pieces maybe do we need to shift of the chessboard? Right. Let's maybe take this away, stick with this for a while to see did that make any changes. Right. As you know yourself, a nutritional path is a, is a, you've got to try some things. Yeah. But you have to try them for a certain period. Right. You know, I've been, I wish I wouldn't try vegetarian for 20 years, but that's a whole <laughs> other uh, podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but those, I think that that putting the knowledge out there about carnivore and that there are a, a lot of good success stories. And even in a, let's say, a smaller realm of just letting people say, hey, you know, what about adding meat back in? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you don't have to go strict carnivore. Yeah. But if if you're having joint issues, if you're having, you know, various health conditions that don't seem to go away, that might be the time to explore some other nutritional avenues. And the carnivore diet is certainly one of those to explore, yeah. I think, for some people, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you're a very experienced coach <laughs> um, <laughs> because you're not 
you're not painting uh, things as black or white. And I, I always advocate that as well. I don't think carnivore is black or white. I think, you know, everyone could probably, most people could probably benefit from eating more meat, but you don't have to go carnivore. <laughs> like you can go whatever fits your situation in your context is yes. kind of what I said. Um, yes. And as you said, carnivore diet can be extremely helpful for people with certain autoimmune conditions. Um, and a lot of people find that they thrive on it and want to continue to do that for an extended period of time. But yeah, I, I fully endorse experimentation and finding the right thing for the individual. And hundred percent. And I think one of the challenges, particularly speaking from an older female is there been, there's a lot of media attention to protein and they keep saying things like, well, you know, 13 cups of spinach is the same as, you know, uh, six ounce chicken. I, I can't even remember what they compare it to, but there's not this discussion about bioavailability, right? Yeah. That, you know, we, <laughs> there's, you know, essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids. Right. And only from those animal-based products do you get that full, you know, bio, <laughs> the full aspect, right, yeah. that, that you need. And I think we do a disservice to individuals in, in sort of saying, well, you just need to eat, you know, these edamame or these kind of things and not really painting always the whole picture. Yeah. So that's what I hope as a, as a coach is to say, let's, Let's look at this, right? You know, so have the discussion about essential and non-essential amino acids. Have the discussion about bioavailability and sort of look at what you're really eating. And are you really getting enough, right, yeah. um, from a nutrient standpoint? Yeah. And then the discussion has to go towards, you know, what are you open to, right? You know, are, are you vegetarian? Are you, you know, open to incorporating some animal-based products in your diet uh, in that way? But think of it, my, I think one of the things I use a lot these days is food for performance, mm. not food for punishment or reward, mm. right? And we, we, we're very much of, oh, you know, I did this amazing workout. I, I'm going to go have, you know, this, you know, pastry or whatever. Right. Thinking like we're some kind of, you know, machine that operates. Well, you did this and that, you know, obviously if we're in the low carb sphere, we don't believe in the calorie theory of eat less, move more. Um, We believe in the hormonal theory Mm -hmm. that it's a blood sugar and insulin um, situation. Um, But I think when you think about food for performance, you think what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck? on a daily basis. Yeah. So if I eat breakfast, that breakfast to me should carry me to lunch. Yeah. And then lunch should carry me to dinner. Yeah. Um, or if I'm just doing two meals on a day, you know, yeah. that I'm good with that. Yeah. As opposed to, I've got to fuel myself every couple of hours. I mean, yeah. As Zoe Harker has a, a lovely, and I'm paraphrasing here of something is, you know, if you wanted to fatten a cow, right. You would, have it be eating all day long, right? The same applies to us. You know, the whole idea of grazing mm. um, is, I think, not a helpful path, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Yeah, it's almost like 
you know, I, I think kind of gets back to that athletic mindset. Um, it's kind of like if you needed to perform at something that was like mentally and physically challenging, you know, later in the day, you wouldn't go out and eat a huge stack of pancakes or a big, you know, giant bowl of whatever. Um, cause it would drag you down. You would crack, you know, you would crash or you would feel sick, um, or you, your blood sugar would, would spike and then drop. Um, so like what, what can you eat that will make you feel great and leave you able to perform? I like hundred percent. And I, I think it, it, it goes back to those three things that I feel really work well here with the, uh, low carb, you know, ketogenic lifestyle is that fact that, you know, you, you're, you have good control and understanding of CTT and hunger, right? Mm-hmm. You are able to manage your energy and you are able to fuel yourself for performance, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not be being strung around by, you know, food-like substances. Yeah. Krista, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, it's great to meet you and learn a little bit more about Square One Wellness. Uh, where can folks find out more about you? And I'll have links to everything in the show notes as well. Oh, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much. It was a total honor. And thank you for all your podcasts and helping to create you know, a bigger knowledge base. Um, whether everyone decides to go carnivore or not, or even just finding their path in the low carb. So thank you. You You can find me at my website, square one and the number one wellness.com. I'm on LinkedIn at Krista Hanks. I'm on Twitter at square one wellness. Uh, Those are places. I'm also on Instagram, square one wellness. Uh, Those are probably the best places to find me. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on Carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash carnivorecast. Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out and share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at carnivorecast or go to carnivorecast.com. You can also email me at info at carnivorecast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.